Hi, I'm Elaine. Welcome to my podcast channel. Um, good afternoon, um, George. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, would you like to start off with um, self-introduction? Um, which field of math, or what do you specialize, or, you know? Okay, I, I, I am a professor emeritus of, of mathematics at UBC. Uh, and uh, my field of, of uh, a specialty is connected with differential equations, in particular symmetries mm -hmm. and differential equations. Mm -hmm. I've, read, I've, read, I've read, written several, co-authored several books on the topic. Yeah. And incidentally, some of them have been published, in, all of them have been also published separately in China. Wow. And also, and also translated, one has been translated into, into simple, into, into standard into Chinese. Wow, that is amazing. Uh, do you know any Chinese? You're like a little. No, bit... I'm afraid I don't. Even though I've been there many times, I don't know any Chinese. <laughs> uh, maybe counting the numbers a little bit. Or... Not, no, yeah. I, I did it one a little bit one time, but not now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Mandarin or Chinese it's a pretty difficult language compared to English. So, it's, yeah, it's the alphabet problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, so. Um, just a question about the uh, UBC's math program. What do you think um, really stands out part of the UBC math department? Well, in is, is from the point of view of students, is <laughs> that the UBC has a very good honors program. So students who want to go on into uh, a research environment is very, very strong. Uh, it, it is one of the best 25 in mathematics is one of the best 25 universities in the world, in mm -hmm. fact and one of the two best in Canada. Yeah. And um, so you, you can get a, you can do applied mathematics and, or pure mathematics, or there's also separately a statistics department. There's a lot of math going on in the computer science department as well. And you can do a degree in math in, in uh, science, arts, business school, or engineering. Yeah, and, um, and, that is really interesting. Yeah. And, and 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 most of the graduates who do the honors degree will go on to graduate school and, and uh, onto their PhD. And after that, most of them go. Uh, in the old days, they became academics, but nowadays they most go into industry. Mm -hmm. They work for companies like like, like Microsoft or yeah. Google. Google. <clears throat> and um, and in fact, <coughs> the richest graduate of UBC. Uh, was one of the starters of Google. He was an honors math grad. In fact, he's the sixth richest Canadian. He got in his, his background honors math at UBC. Yeah. And uh, so he is a, one of the. If it went, Google wouldn't have started to work for him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always the Canadians, the best people in the world. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. There's no one the best. I think every, the best is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Canadian UBC is a very good university for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, do you think the overall atmosphere at UBC, like how long have you stayed at UBC? Okay. Um, well, I, I was actually an undergraduate student at UBC. I started wow. as, as an undergraduate student at UBC. I won't, I'll tell you how many years ago it was. It was 62 years ago. I started wow. as an undergraduate student. It's then. like a home for you. Like yes, and, and then I went for my graduate work in, to a place called Caltech in Pasadena, California. Really famous, I know. 
and 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 then but after i finished there i went back to ubc and became professor there mm -hmm. and yeah. eventually i was head of the department for a while at ubc as well the math department mm -hmm. but i've also been associated with many other things at ubc um so uh do you think the faculties are nice or are they very very serious and then they do things are they more serious, you think, or are they very, like more casual? And you're making a when you say that we're more serious. You're making a comparison with what you see. <laughs> more serious, maybe a comparison with you know these standard Chinese schools, like Chinese high schools, where teachers are so serious and so. Oh, ready. I see what you mean. Oh, well, okay. Well, no, it's not. I, I know from my experience talking to students in China. Uh -huh. about the school and, yeah. and how rigid it is in, in the sense right. that you have no time for play basically you're studying for your the equivalent of the uh, the provincial exam there mm -hmm. and and you're and you start on that maybe even grade 10 but grade 11 certainly you're you're working uh, almost full time mm -hmm. preparing for these exams so everything's geared towards these uh, national gaoko the gaoko right yeah 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 the gaoko. so um and so the students are are um, have no chance to broaden themselves, in fact, mm -hmm. and that's very different. So now you're comparing a, a a high school in China with UBC or a high school in China with a high school in Canada, which kind of compares rigorous because you know like universities in China, they are mostly quite chill. So I'm comparing this rigorous system in high school China to this more rigged rigorous system compared to Canadian high school. How can I say this? University. Basically comparing high school, Chinese high schools to Canadian universities. Okay. No, no, it's much more serious in the Chinese high school. Okay. Oh. And the, the university is uh is not does not have a, a rigid attitude and is quite many ways flexible. Mm. And, and in China, when you go to uh, the comparison between universities is very important because in China, when you go to a university, you go into a particular program, and once right. you're in that program, it's very difficult to change. Yeah. In fact, a, a common question I get when I talk to a first year class in China, and mm -hmm. this is in the Shanghai area. Yeah. With, the question I often get, and usually from boys, by the way, they say, How can I get out of math? See, they, they, were, they were admitted to the wow. university in math, but they want to go do some other subject. Mm -hmm. But it's not, but, it, but it's very difficult to make such a change. Whereas, whereas it, in North American universities, mm -hmm. uh, I'll say UBC in particular, you, it, it, as long as you're qualified, you, you can make a change from one field to another. Mm -hmm. And many students do. They not only change fields within a particular faculty, but they change from one faculty to the other, to another. Wow. And how big is this change as you um, say? The it's, not, it's not such a big change for the student. No, you get your your credits will transfer over to the faculty you switch to in, in most cases. Mm -hmm. For example, one of my sons went to, UB, went to UBC. Mm -hmm. He was originally in science for the first two years. Yeah. And then he switched to arts. Wow. So it's a really big turn. Oh, so, yes, it's, it's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I've heard of people in maybe 
American universities, they first specialize in history and then they just turn to math. So the same at same at UBC. Mm. Yeah. The Canadian yeah. universities are I can't speak for all Canadian universities, but certainly at UBC, uh, it, it is that way. You can, there's a flexibility. Yeah. And I think at university, um, the workload's like more intense compared to high school workload. Okay. There's there's different kinds of programs at the university. So there's uh -huh. I'll say more serious programs and less serious programs. Okay. The honors program is much more serious. Mm -hmm. In the case of science, you have to take even more courses, but you take harder courses. In the right. case of mathematics, the, the separate honors courses, starting from first year, actually. And um, so uh, these are much more challenging. And, and of course, you are with peers like yourself in, in the class mm -hmm. uh, and, and which have similar interests. So the honors is a very difficult, is, is a much more difficult program, but if you want to get on into research, not just in mathematics, other fields, and the honors programs in every field are much better than the what they call majors programs or minor programs. So you could do a minor in a subject, a major in a subject, or honors in a subject. I've heard that um, Waterloo, or can I, like a of course a Canadian university, yes. has a super super um, heavy heavy workload. Would you compare? this Waterloo's workload with UEC's workload? Well, I know like, Waterloo well because I used to go there two or three times every year. I right. was involved with some national mm -hmm. with Waterloo. But anyhow, uh, UBC is a stronger, is a, is a, is a more intense, the, the, the math program is more intense at UBC than it is at Waterloo. Wow. And, and, and it's a better, certainly a better program because UBC has a much stronger, if you're a serious student, UBC has a much stronger faculty than Waterloo, you see. Wow. It's very important that you have a, that the faculty who are teaching you as, as an honor student are, are very well-known researchers mm -hmm. because when you apply for, for for anything to do after you finish university you need letters of reference right someone, it's the better known someone is the more the more significant would be the letter of reference if it's a good letter of reference you see right and don't get me wrong Waddle's a very good university but the they get very good students but the mm -hmm. Uh, nonetheless, the, the total number of honors grads now from UBC is actually is not that much different from Waterloo now. Mm, yeah. And also UBC is better than U of T. Is that true? No, 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 no. I would not say that at all. Oh. U, U of T and, and UBC in, in, in mathematics and in most subjects are by far the best two universities in Canada. Mm -hmm. So University of Toronto is a very good university, but some students feel that at, that at U of T, they don't get enough individual attention some oh, yeah. students have said that again the, it's a function of the professor and mm -hmm. the ubc uh, has more has had more programs which which I, this is a closer relationship between the faculty and the students right that is although this might have changed now in toronto mm. but but when i was uh, actively involved and that was a that was a I, I think the students found it friendlier at UBC. Yeah, so I, I noticed that you traveled around the world with like all the universities. I think you know a lot of universities. So which university um, do you think has the smartest and most comical students? Comical? Yeah, comical, like very casual and chill. Like they're just very open and... Oh, well, that, that, that's a function, first of all, it's generally a function of the individual student. For, for example, 
I know students in China, in China, who are very comical and, and very individualistic. Really? Though, even, even despite the system, there are many students very individualistic. In particular, really? I, I, yes, and I think at the university level, uh, wow. particularly particularly female students. In fact, mm -hmm. I, find, I was so impressed with some of the female students I came across in China. Really, was, like what? Chinese female students compared to Chinese male students and compare Caucasian female students to Caucasian male students, the Chinese are far superior. Really? The, the, the ratio, ratio of women who are very get involved and are very good students, the ratio of Chinese women to Chinese men is much higher than the ratio of Caucasian women to Caucasian men. Wow. How, how, how do you know the ratios exactly? Is it from your sound? Oh, I, 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 I'm involved with mathematical competitions and, and for many years. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the I'm talking about the top hundred students. Okay. What 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 fraction are women and what fraction are men? Mm -hmm. So the, you very rarely would find a Caucasian woman doing well. Uh, yeah. but, but 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 a woman of Chinese descent, relative to males of Chinese descent, the ratio is much higher. Wow. That's amazing. To it's hear. very noticeable. And also, when I went to classes in China, the women spoke out more than the men in the classes, undergraduate classes I've 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 spoken to. Or, whereas that's not true in in North America. Mm -hmm. Women are very. I'm, it's quite a. It's a bit of a paradox in a way because politically, women in China are treated are not treated well in the top end yeah. of China, there are no women, okay? That's not true in Canada. But when it comes to the university and the people I come across with, it, I, women are it's so impressive. It's great to hear. Women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. ha, have you visited Japan or Korea? Yes, I've, I've been to Japan, uh, China many times, and, and right. different parts of China, and Taiwan, mm -hmm. Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah. and uh, Japan. Yes, Japan, I've been to uh, in particular, the Tokyo area. Mm -hmm. I've been other parts of Japan, but not not like I've gone to Japan for mathematical reasons and other reasons as well. Mm -hmm. My family background, Japan played a role in my family background, mm -hmm. and um, and um, and of course I've been to uh, Russia, Ukraine, and Eastern Europe, all all over the world. I, I've given lectures all over the world. Right. And do you think, uh, so amongst all these universities that you travel to, like the whole world, you think Chinese women are the smartest mathematically? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just said the ratio of, the of ratio women effect. to men. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. I was, but, but, but where you see strong mathematicians in, in, in countries, relatively speaking, I would say China certainly is, would be the case. And Russia also is very impressive that way. Ukraine is also impressive for the number of women relative mm -hmm. to the number of men doing well. And um, uh, but it's and 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 Italy also, but mm -hmm. uh, but in general in Western countries, no. The number of women doing well relative to the number of men is not is ratio is, is too low. Mm. Yeah. But that is it, that is really surprising to hear. Um, so the ratio between women and men in China is way higher. And do you mean the basically the same phenomena uh, goes for Korea and Japan? So basically the Asian countries? I don't I don't know. I wouldn't say that for necessarily for Korea and Japan. 
I wouldn't necessarily say that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I've not been to Korea, but, I'm, but again, I look at the students that I've come across in, in, this, in the schools in the Vancouver area, yeah. uh, or British Columbia, I should say, and, and I, would, I would single out, uh, for, for women versus men, I only would single out the Chinese uh, population. Oh, okay, yeah. That, that is really interesting. Like you, you, you do some like personal experiments and then you're like observing about different. I, I look at, comp at, at how well they do in competitions. And, and, wow. and um, but overall, if we take all the students at UBC, women and, and men, mm -hmm. they, the uh, in first year calculus, more there are more women, more female students than male students. That didn't used to be the case. Wow. And the female students do, if anything, on the average, a little bit better than the men. Well, yeah, I've heard of a study that women actually study harder and they perform academically better than men on average. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, that, 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 but, but not at the very top end, though. At the very top end, males dominate. The, right, right. If you look at the, uh, the, the, males, the... Males dominate the top end, the males definitely dominate the bottom end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, just wondering if you if you consider like um, mathematicians. I mean, super, these math geniuses are mostly in China or these you know very smart um, yes. math girls. Why do you think currently regarding like Fields Medal, Nobel Prizes? Why do you think it's so conglomerated in the Western countries and so few in the Eastern or Asian countries? Oh, okay, so, uh, first of all, let's look at the history situation. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, the amazing thing, look, look at China. I'm going to focus on China, okay? Um, okay. So, because in China, people, I'll, I'll use the words in quotation marks, were suppressed. Hmm. That is, uh, until until then, Xiaoping became yeah. the the uh, leader. Okay. Before, before then, people did not have freedom, the same kind of freedom to learn and, yeah. and, and to get a, a proper education. And then Xiaoping changed things. And mm -hmm. in fact, he, he, before students could not leave China to study mm -hmm. under, before Deng Xiaoping. And then Deng Xiaoping welcomed Chinese students to go abroad. In yeah. fact, I had, I had the very first Chinese student at UBC yeah. as, as, as his supervisor. Yeah. He was the first one, but he actually he came before the Deng Xiaoping. But he, he oh. was affected. He was affected by the Cultural Revolution. This student. Whoa. But, it, but anyhow, uh, so he had to go. It, it delayed his education. But anyhow, Deng Xiaoping. People said to Deng Xiaoping, "Why are you letting people from China go freely abroad? Because many will not come back." He said, "That doesn't matter. It's, it's good for the country. For people to, to go abroad." Mm -hmm. So he gave this freedom uh, and these opportunities. Uh, and I and I've and I've and I have um, I've had many students and postdoctoral fellows and visitors from China, and I'm so impressed they they, they came from villages in China, and ended yeah. up getting a PhD in mathematics. Wow! And very impressive that they came from a, such a, a a poor background, and and here they with no education in their family, and here they got a PhD, and and it's, it's, I consider that a, a very important human right. The yeah. right, the right to an education, and the right to pull yourself up from the uh, uh, poverty into the highest levels. The opportunity, the opportunity to learn, and it was better in China, I thought, than here in British Columbia. Mm -hmm. The opportunity to learn. I think it's changing now. Unfortunately, it's going, it's going in the other way in China now. Yeah. 
Right. Now there, before there were not so many elites in China, before people were more equal. Yeah. But now in China you have the elites, and the, the that's right. The, the elites want to preserve things for their children. There's only one child. Also, the one child policy led to that too, because you right. put everything into the one child, and yeah. uh, and so. Uh, and they want to preserve things for themselves. So they don't want to give so many opportunities for people who come from poorer areas. It's, it's, it's harder for someone, I believe, from China today, from a village, to do well compared to someone from Beige, Beijing or Shanghai. Really true. And, and I know people I work with make every effort to move because you have to, you have to go to a university in your area in China, more or less. So mm -hmm. if you want to go to university in Shanghai or Beijing, you be, you really have to be a resident of Shanghai. Or Beijing, and many try to become residents there, and as I know, so that so that their children can go to university in that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, basically, you think that the reason why we have um, so few Nobel prizes like Asians is because China was a really enclosed country, and that That's is right. why it affected everything. You see, if you read, if you read the history uh, or the backgrounds of those who won Nobel prizes. They in, invariably they were students of people who'd won Nobel prizes. Mm. Okay, so it, it takes a, it takes time mm. to uh, to generate. But but the other problem is that it is there, there isn't that sort of. Unfortunately, the impression is that in China there isn't that much freedom currently. Right. So many of the best from China don't stay in China. Mm -hmm. the, the very best. Right. And they're they're in, they're in other countries. Mm -hmm. I've also heard a lot of um, Chinese um, professors or teachers, math teachers, they say that um, Western countries, they have a higher level academic um, program and it's just educationally more superior than what China offers. I think it's changing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know of many people, mathematicians who went to the West and are, have gone back to China, spend a lot of the time in China now. And, and mm -hmm. I, I believe um, the opportunities for uh, excellence have improved within China itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good to hear. But yeah. Uh, another question is sort of starting from politics and then math. Um, what's your favorite theorem and why over your, I don't know, year what, decades of math studies what is your favorite theorem uh, the word your favorite theorem uh, uh you, you have your own theorems <laughs> or wow, other people's yeah, or perfect. other people's theorems you see yeah so, maybe give an example so, 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 so if you if you look historically in some ways the, the 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 first significant theorem in mathematics is probably one you use in school pythagoras's theorem yeah pythagoras go back to pythagoras if you go mm -hmm. back into the earlier times in mathematics. But, yeah. um, but one of my favorite theorems with respect to my work was actually due to a, a female mathematician. Her name Whoa. was e Emmy Neuter. Mm -hmm. And her, her theorem was, uh, was, uh, was published around 1918, mm -hmm. Emmy Neuter. And it's a theorem concerned with, do you, you take physics too? Do you take physics? Uh, I'm taking three sciences actually. So I'm taking physics. Okay. So you've heard of conservation laws, right? Yeah, conservation of energy. So, so Emmy Neuter she was a female mathematician. She gave a theorem 
about how to find the conservation laws for, for, a, for, a, for a system of differential equations. Wow. Problems are described by, most physical problems are described by differential equations. So how to find the conservation laws. You're familiar with the conservation of, of energy. Mm -hmm. Maybe momentum. I don't know if you heard of conservation momentum. Heard of it? Yes, you've heard of it. Angular momentum, yeah. those sort of things. So the question is, how do you, what, what, first of all, what is a conservation law and how can you find them systematically? So that was a, a favorite, that was another a, a more modern favorite theorem of mine. And, and a lot of my work is an extension of that, with, with working with, with others is an extension of, of, of that theorem uh, to cover to cover many more real situations than that theorem itself as it's good covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. So but there's in mathematics, there's not just theorems. You see, people formulate ways of looking at things. Mm -hmm. That's actually the most important thing, formulating ways of looking at things. That, that not, 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 that's not necessarily a theorem. Okay. Ways of looking as in perspective. So well, perspective? putting the language to the the most important thing is to find the language to to describe something and use that and use that description to make predictions. So theorems mm -hmm. don't necessarily come from that. In mm -hmm. fact, theorems usually theorems come much later. That is, the, the theorem arises when you make it very more and more rigorous. Okay. Yeah. But but most okay. of math mathematics is like other sciences. It's very it, there's a kind of an experimental aspect to it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Where you try things out. And then, you, and then you more and more understand what's happening. That's like every other science. You try something out, and, you, and then as time goes on, you understand why is it working, why is it not working, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So you are combining math and sciences where, where it, of course, involves experiments. How about when we have just pure algebraic math? No, no, no. no. So I'm talking about experiment. When we do a calculation in math, so you got a problem to solve. Uh -huh. That's like an experiment, trying something out. Yeah, yeah. And and then you find a, a different lines of attack, a good way a good way to solve that problem. Eventually, that that will be eventually to become a theorem. Mm -hmm. But uh, but but the, most of mathematics is the first kind, where you are, which is the creative kind. Is the creative part is 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 doing experiments with trying things out and then, and then finding patterns and trying to and then trying to form a theorem with respect to those patterns that you found. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So in your decades of mathematical studies, have you ever experienced, I mean, have you ever experienced any failures and like down? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is, uh, actually, one problem that, that I started to work on, it took me basically 30 years to find a solution. 30 years. Oh, my goodness. But, but many things that you, that you do along the way. Are, are are important to answer the question that you originally posed mm -hmm. and um but uh, failures you learn more from your failures by the way that's that's for everything in life <laughs> than you right. do with your successes but if you have only failures that's not good of course but but you still learn more from your failures than you do from your successes in fact and it's mm -hmm. very important so what you when you get a when you fail with something you got to analyze why does did, did this fail right yeah. As long as you as long as you analyze it, then, then that's going to be something often something positive can come from that. Right. So you have have you ever made the same kind of mistake like again, like when you went downhill and then you went downhill again? But well, then 
well, okay, okay. So sometimes you you do something and and it doesn't work, and you say maybe I made an error along the way, or when it yeah. doesn't work, so you do, you do it again. But in fact, it, it didn't work. Period. You did it over and over again to get the same answer. You see, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a procedure to solve a problem and it failed. So uh, when you were probably um, doing a math um, observation. Were you working with an advisor and then when you went downhill and then you failed maybe one or two times was he or she mad at you was it very no, very I, well i was an, a, a little bit of an unusual student uh, okay in, in, as a graduate student and okay. that i got the, my advisors interested in the problems that i was working on oh kind of like okay. hmm. yes it's kind of opposite of what people do like you're not working with what the advisor wants you to do, but you're that's right. That's right. Trying to do what you're oh, doing. My advisors never gave me a problem. I got my I, I got my advisors interested. In the, I have two advisors. I got them interested in the problems I was working on. Okay, so what I, are I, I developed? I developed my own problem in research. Of course, that's what you have to do. You have to you have to develop your own problems in research, making sure it's right. interesting. So it's really, I've heard it's super, really, really difficult to gather um, mathematicians together and then work on your particular problem. So what were your techniques of persuading them? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, they, in the case of my graduate school, that's at Caltech, uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, the supervisor was certainly interested in the areas that I was working in. Okay. And they had done something in, a, in, a, in relation to it. So they were familiar with it. So that, so that's the, so they were interested, very interested in it. Yeah. So um, to answer your question. Right. Uh, another question regarding writing math papers, which tools do you think is the most efficient way to, you know, like mathematicians, they pu publish papers and then right. you have to type, it's super tedious even to right. write it's really tedious to write equations like typing so what tools do you use to actually type out equations and then construct oh things? well there, 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 but there are there are um there, there, there are different software programs for typing the equations that's the least of your worries in writing mm -hmm. a paper. The right. the, the, it's the content of the paper that's the work the content right of right the yeah and, and putting the paper together that that mm -hmm. is the work. but the typing of the equations is a trivial part mm -hmm. right mm-hmm so uh, there's like LaTeX, and I've heard it's a really good. That's right. There's a, there's a Microsoft Word has a has a, 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 a equation editor, this sort of thing. There's different mm -hmm. different programs. Right. Uh, so regarding, um, you know, if we're talking about typing things or constructing papers. Uh, do you think, from a transition from high school to university, the writing is just very very different like one is really formal you have to like in university you have to learn mathematical language but in high school you can just write whatever you want like a lot of students are having difficulties of being I, I, getting formal. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop you for a minute i hope that's not the case what you're describing in high school because it shouldn't to tell you the truth learning mathematics in high school should not be really any different from learning mathematics at university really that's right because at high school, it's I, I think in university, your writing is really formal and you have to make sure that everything is so clear. But in high school, it's sort of loose ended and it's like more chill and it's 
okay but but it, but you'll find it's uh, it, it it's it gets progressively less loose ended at the university as you go on in the years but the transition from high school the first year you won't find a you if you've gone to a decent high school you won't mm -hmm. find a, a big jump there oh okay how about for uh as you said decent high school is it specifically from a private high school to like we found at UBC that the students, frankly, from the public schools did better than the students from the private schools. Really? Why yes. is that? You, you, can, you can see on our website that, that the students from the public schools have done better, from Vancouver, anyhow, have done better wow. than the private schools on the, on the average. Wow, that's crazy. And particularly the ones that have diff most difficulty are from the boys' private schools. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like uh, boys' private schools like St. George's, if you know that school, um, girls. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of surprising because I thought that private schools, they, it's more rigorous and you learn more. It, it, no, that's not, the, the, the facts don't, you can look at the results in, in right. first year calculus compared to the high school mark. You can, it's, it's, it's on, our, on the math department website, actually. And you can, you can, uh, you can see how did the students do? How, how much, how did their marks change from high school to university? Uh, what fraction got passing? What fraction got a, a uh, first class or a, mm -hmm. a mark, etc. So you, if you put it all together, that the overall the public schools do better. And this, right, these right. these same studies are in the United States and in Britain too. They show in Oxford and Cambridge. They show that the students who come from the the uh, state schools uh, the same marks do better than the students who come from the. That, that does not mean that the preparation is bad from the private schools. By the way. Well, the reason is, is, in fact, not at all. What, what it is that the university environment mm -hmm. is more like a public school than it is like a private school. Uh, so usually students coming from the high school are more, can be more, from public high schools can be more, I think, more self-reliant. Mm -hmm. They're not given as, they're, they're probably not given as much attention as in the private school. Right. And, and so they have to learn on their own much more. And so that's more like how it is at university, you see. So when a student goes from a private school to a any university, then there, there is a bit of a, it might be a bigger transition. Because we gave, we gave students in, from the schools a, a test in the first two weeks and the students from the private schools did very well when a test yeah. was given to them in the beginning of the course. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the course, it was not quite the same. The, the, the problem is more difficult for boys because uh, having, coming from only boys school and then going to university, we, there's just not boys in your class. There are others too. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we, we found that the rank, we find that schools in general rank students very well, first, second, third, fourth. Mm -hmm. and, and those who come from public school to university, roughly speaking, the ranking remains the same. But from the boys' schools, <laughs> the rankings change. And so that indicates it's not the, the school has pre probably prepared them fine, but the boys mm -hmm. have a different environment. And so uh -huh. they are not as serious in their studies. Okay. So it's the environmental factors. I would say, envir I, 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 I surmise it's the environmental factors. Yes. Right. So um, talking about um, math again. Um, Canadian math versus United States math. What, yes. is, what do you think is the fundamental difference between math curriculum in between these two countries? Okay, 
in in general, uh, the uh, the average student coming out of a Canadian high school is better prepared than the American student overall, because in the United States in, in, it's a social thing, because in Canada, that's, that's, in every province in Canada, teachers are paid the same in every in every school in that province. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the United States, it depends on the local tax. So therefore, those kids who who, who go, I'm talking about public schools now, but those kids yeah. who go to to uh, uh, schools where where the people are poorer, and so that means that tax they, they pay fewer less taxes. The schools don't get as good teachers. Oh, so that's that's the main reason for the differences between Canada and the United States is the way the schools are how schools are funded. Right. So the students who go to from very wealthy areas, they have very good schools. Mm -hmm. But there's there's the relative, relatively speaking, there are more going to poorer schools than going to the very wealthy schools. Okay. Wow. So that's, that is the main factor though, is the is the way schools are funded. And, and, and that's really a question of the of the, the nature of, of the societies. Canadian societies are different. We have mm -hmm. a more equal school, we have more equal medicine, right? Right, I are, 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 are related. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I would say the wealth disparity in the US is like greater compared but, to the wealth disparity. Like Yes, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what, but in, in the United States it's made worse by the fact that you don't pay for the schools by the state. Mm -hmm. It's paid for by the local school board in the United States, you see. Oh. Whereas, whereas in British Columbia and all provinces in Canada, it comes from the gov provincial government right. funding. So they've mm -hmm. equalized, it's more equalized. This is very important, very, very important. It's a profound effect on the society. Mm -hmm. Right. And how, and, how and, and, and this propagates to people as they, as they get older. You have the, roughly speaking, a rural urban split you have. And this leads to the to the polarization that you have much more polarization in the United States compared to the polarization in Canadian politics. A lot of has a lot to do with the uh, education, how the education is funded. Right. I've heard people. Yeah, yeah. I've heard people say that um, the U.S. maybe the best schools in the U.S. they teach math is like taught at a deeper level than Canadian schools. Do you think this is true? Uh, it. It, see, a lot depends. I, I think there are, well, first of all, the United States is, ten, is about nine or eight or nine times the size of Canada in population, okay? Uh, yeah. But, so you have to look at it that way. But yes, I, 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 as a matter of fact, I have worked with teachers in Canada, from all across Canada, mm -hmm. and I've worked with teachers from all across the United States at separate, separately, mm -hmm. uh, high school teachers I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yes, so, so, the, so there are some truly excellent schools. In fact, they were there's the, uh, they were set up, there was a, there was a Bronx, Bronx School of Science in uh, New York, it's a very famous school, there's one in North Carolina, public, mm -hmm. these are public schools, truly outstanding, where they, where they grouped together the very best in New York area, in one school, etc. Uh, it's not quite as pronounced these days as it used to be. I tried to get something like this in British Columbia, I went to the Minister of Education, Okay. to discuss this I, I, I wanted i was hoping to have a central public school in the central part of lower mainland which would be excellent for those who are very seriously who, want, who whether it be the arts or the sciences mm 
and, and bring together, that's what they do in, in these top American schools, they bring together the, the best students. It's an opportunity, but there's a, what was a great opposition to that. Great opposition. Because and why do you think that's the reason? Because, because they wanted things to be, quotation mark, more equal. Right, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think you, I think that's not correct. I think you should give, the most important thing in education is giving your kid as the maximum opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. and, let, and, let, and let the parents and the child together decide whether they would take advantage of the opportunity to learn. But you got to, you got to provide the opportunity though. And the most important thing in education is providing the opportunities to, to exceed, to, to excel. Right. And talking about the educational math programs. Um, so as you've been to China before, um, China is like communist, everyone's equal. Why do you think? It's not equal now. Oh, no, no. It's, it's far from equal nowadays. Far from equal. Right. But why do you think they make the math so difficult? But compared to Canadian mathematics? Okay, like, that's a good question. It's a very good question. As a matter of fact, uh, when I was in Shanghai, I'm more, I'm, I'm more familiar with Shanghai than other parts of China, first uh -huh. of all. Yeah. But I can make an observation about Shanghai. In fact, in my trips to Shanghai, they actually change things along the way. But anyhow, mm -hmm. things, are, things in China are not static. They do involve the education in China, mm -hmm. quite markedly. But anyhow, in, um, in uh, Shanghai, I was I was presenting things to the professors and the students of a first year calculus class in Shanghai at a university in Shanghai, mm -hmm. and uh, and then I found out and and I went to other universities more than one university mm -hmm. I've been to probably a dozen in Shanghai area, but anyhow I found out that the same textbook in first year calculus is used in every single university in Shanghai. And at least the, the last time I checked was about half a dozen, six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And every single university has the same, in, in Shanghai, has the same textbook. And it makes absolutely no sense because it's, it, it, they do not give good explanations. It, they're designed for students. The first of all, they have, they have a very strong emphasis on, I would call, rote learning. In, in right, that, right. foundational. And so they don't, the students don't, although they are getting at a, at a so-called high level, they don't really understand it. That's what I found. The students did not understand what's in the textbook. Maybe at the very best universities in Shanghai, maybe in Fudan, for example, mm -hmm. or Tsinghua, they, they would understand. Yeah. Yeah. But the same, the same textbook is used at, 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 at Shanghai Institute of Technology or whatever other university you can name in Shanghai, the same, mm -hmm. or roughly more than 100 universities in Shanghai, yeah. but, but the same textbook. And the students are very different. In fact, they are, to go to the top universities, you're, you, there's a very strong selection process to go to the top universities in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. and yet they have the same textbook. It doesn't make sense. Really doesn't. No. Right. Maybe it's changed now, but I, 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 I'm going to guess that it hasn't changed, but I don't know. Hmm. But there are attempts in China to make it to more open, the, the, uh, the, the teaching. In fact, I was asked to give lectures for that purpose. Right. Make it more open. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are lots of Canadian students who are super interested in math. How do you think, what, what should they, okay, for example, they're only in grade not eight or nine or somewhere yes. in high school and they just somehow, okay, they finished like 
all the math courses or requirements or APs that are required at this high school level, what do you think they should do to further develop their math knowledge? Okay. Well, I had I had this problem myself when I was in high school. Yeah. But anyhow, um, well, you you have one you have one huge advantage these days. You have the internet. Yeah. And I I did something in in my last years of teaching. I'm an emeritus professor. I, I was teaching a first year calculus class in my last year. Yeah, often yeah. the honors honors class i would teach the honors class first mm -hmm. year mm -hmm. and what i was observing that the students were learning a lot this as they did just come from high school they learned a lot from the internet on their own wow yeah. and so what i did i decided that i would I'd do an experiment i would give an extra two hours of, of voluntary classes to my students mm -hmm. they, they did not they were not involved with the course coursework they, had, okay. they were not compulsory. You could just come there and what, what these hours were, you could ask me any question in mathematics or physics. You could ask me any question you want. And and nothing that doesn't have to do with the course. Okay. And, if, and sometimes often I couldn't answer the question, but I could tell the student, you go see, do read so and so, go see so and so person. Okay. And etc. And um and and I and I was and through that I also learned what the students were, were reading themselves. I've been reading themselves about different things, mm -hmm. but but a lot of the things they were reading were only buzzwords. They didn't really understand it. And so you, what we want to do is, this is I think education needs to evolve that the teacher becomes a resource person. Right. And mm -hmm. but that means the teacher has to know the subject matter very very well. And has to know many and in, and in knowing it very well they need to be able to explain it in many different ways well that's there part is, of knowing it well that's part of knowing it well right there is a problem with this high school math program i mean a lot of math teachers even i've been to a, both a public school and a private school and the math teachers like there's a pe teacher they teach math eight math nine they don't know anything and then maybe they they barely they they only know the um very a shallow level of math and they teach yeah. math all do you think this is an okay situation no, no, a terrible situation let's see in china that would not ever happen in china in china right. even at grade one in china they have a specialist mm -hmm. teacher for math in grade one in shanghai they would have a specialist teacher right. in grade one and the teachers teach fewer hours in china mm -hmm. than here they have offices like in universities in yeah. China, and the, and, the, and, the, and the teachers have professional development. The math teachers get together great in elementary school to discuss mm -hmm. mathematical things. Mm -hmm. So that's a very good thing. It's the elementary program is very good in China. Right. I should say Shanghai. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, uh, so what you're saying is a, is a, is a very, very uh, important question. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, uh, this may sound like a paradox, but they made a survey of teachers of mathematics Mm -hmm. about how easy is it to teach mathematics and the less and the less education in mathematics a teacher had the easier they found it to teach because and what you start thinking about why because they don't know they don't go into any depth it's very superficial right. we're doing you see mm -hmm. so uh, the, the more you know the subject the more you you uh, appreciate the, the nuances and the importance of different things in the subject Right. Another problem that I've noticed about this math education that is quite prevalent um, is that teachers don't explain 
the derivation of a theorem. They only explain the variables. So you, when you're solving problems, you know which numbers to plug into that theorem. But a good teacher wouldn't be that way. A good teacher would be able to explain. Right. There's not there's a good knowledge of math. In 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 uh, uh, as I said, in some countries they require uh, teachers to to. Uh, it's a very well-paying job, and and they're required to have the best the best example is Finland. By the way, they have uh, teachers are very well trained in the subject, and they're they paid very highly in Finland. Mm -hmm. In fact, in European countries, teachers are paid better than here. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a scandalous how low the salaries are for teachers. And um, uh, and they don't earn enough respect either to teachers, in my opinion. So the best, some of the very good, all the teachers are, uh, we have actually overall a fine set of teachers, but it's, it, but there's not enough respect for the teachers. And uh, that's a problem we have. And so we need more excellent people not that people who aren't going to teaching are not excellent right now, but we need more of them to go into teaching, more people, specialists in the subject areas to go into teaching. So, so right. people, and we need to have standards. Like you are saying, it's important that a person who's teaching grade eight up math has a degree in math. Mm -hmm. That's very important, but, but, but I think it's only a minority do, a small minority, a minority only have that situation, are, are trained in the subject matter. And in most countries, you are required, even in, and even in most states, in the United States, you're required to know to be a, to have a degree or at least a minor degree in the subject to teach it. But mm -hmm. in British Columbia, you, if you if you got a teacher certificate, you could teach any subject. Right, that is a big problem. A big problem, and and and, and the biggest problems in elementary schools because up to grade seven, so that they may not have any specialist math teacher in the whole school to help other teachers. Because some teachers, we found at UBC that the main reason, uh, the, the main, uh, I, I did a study once at UBC as to who was becoming an elementary school teacher. And they were the ones who had the least math. That's crazy. Because there weren't very many subjects. And UBC only had grade 10 math for admission at that time, grade 10. Wow. So I went to UBC and 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 said we got to change it at UBC to grade at least grade eleven math. Mm -hmm. That was done, and the main reason for change was to make sure that teachers who those who went into becoming elementary school teachers at least had grade eleven math background. That was the reason motivation for the change. Right, it's really really important. Even teaching math twelve, the teacher does not specialize in math, maybe in computer science, and knows a little bit of math. And that's not good. It should right. be a person who specialized in math, at least right. a minor in math. Mm -hmm. Right, and I think maybe do, do you think that we like Canadian citizens can report to the BC Ministry of Education and change this whole societal? Yeah, yeah, yes. By the way, I was involved with a. a quotation mark Chinese society in Vancouver called right. Quest Quest uh -huh. and 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 they were trying to get changes. Uh, uh, I, I had a criticism for the group. I used to give talks to the group. I was the only non-Chinese person present, you see. Hmm. The meetings were often conducted in Mandarin. <laughs> oh. But anyhow, um, uh, but anyhow I told them they have to branch out. You can't just if you're going to make changes, you have to bring in other communities, not just the Chinese community, because <laughs> right. other people and not just Chinese people in it. Right. So, mm -hmm. And but that I don't think it went on there because you, you don't get very far unless you get a, a broad-based group pushing for education change. 
but I was pleased to see that in the, I don't want to be political here, but, but I'm going to be slightly so. I was pleased to see that in, in Vancouver, I was very upset in Vancouver when mm -hmm. the school board, maybe you heard about that, eliminated the honors courses in a couple of schools. Right, yes. And, and I was very impressed that the students from the schools, from three different schools, went to the school board made a presentation an excellent presentation you should everyone should, should see it it's on the web yeah. an excellent presentation to the school board about please don't do this but i was so disappointed they didn't get one they made a fantastic presentation but they didn't get one question they were wow. completely disregarded I, I was so sad but but i'm pleased to say that almost all of those people who were present who were on the school board got, did not get reelected. Mm. Yeah, and because it's very it, to, to to disregard students who come in front of the school board and make a, a a presentation on such an important issue and to ignore it is terrible. Mm. Right, I think the Canadian math education could change a little bit because I think there's honestly high school math and then university math would say there is a gap actually because high school math is much more simpler than yeah. university level math because it's more way more in-depth and way more theoretical and i think that there has to be some sort of a transition maybe one year well, I, 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 I don't agree with you really i think it depends on the school and the teacher you have and, mm -hmm. and, and by the way you're only in grade 11. it's grade 12 when you you, you, you 11 goes to grade 12 it's grade 12 mm -hmm. that goes to university right. so i don't think you're quite in this in a in a position to answer to say that until you've done, gone through grade 12. well and, i actually completed all my high school courses and i think well, you did okay I, I apologize then for that but what i do find I, i've worked with i've worked with uh, so many teachers from british columbia over the years mm -hmm. mathematics teachers and the, mm -hmm. and the there's such there's some very very fine teachers who know who, who teach their students in depth Mm -hmm. You can see from the math contests, those schools that do well in the math contests, and you, uh, they are the ones who have teachers who really teach in depth. Otherwise, the students would not do well in, in, the, in the competitions, which are based mm -hmm. on the school curriculum. Right. Speaking of math competitions, um, how do you, what do you think is the fundamental difference between school-taught math and plain math competitions? And do you think math competitions are ne necessary? For yes. your mathematical development. The math competitions, uh, like the Euclid, or the, yeah. for example, they are really based on the school curriculum. So they're, mm -hmm. they are, they, they, they really, they're very important, very important. Okay. And, and especially in the fact that we don't have a provincial exam, it's terrible that there's no provincial exam in mathematics. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there used to be not only provincial exam in mathematics, but an honors exam in British Columbia. Yeah. But that, but now there's nothing. And uh, this this is not good at all because it that that it provided have a good provincial exam that can upgrade the uh, math attainments in the schools. Right. And what do you think was was the reason behind this cancellation? Oh, okay. <laughs> I used to be on the provincial board of examiners, by the way, mm -hmm. member of the examiner board. Anyhow, the, um, the the reason was and um, is is is. I can't go into, I, unfortunately, I cannot give you the real reasons because I, we met in camera. You know what that means? Right, yeah, yeah. And met in camera. So I, I can't say what went on because we are, we were, the committee I was on was advising the minister. Okay. 
but it's not pleasant to say. That's all I will say. Okay. I mean, I've heard from other people that teachers are too um, too stressed out, and then they need um, a break, and then. Oh no! I, the teachers of math were overwhelmingly in support of, of a provincial exam. Overwhelmingly. Oh. I have the information. I, I surveyed the teachers in British Columbia right. about this. Question. Yeah, yeah. So, no, they were overwhelmingly for it. The mathematics and physics teachers were overwhelmingly in favor of provincial exams. Wow. Do they get paid for marking so many? They got the, the government didn't want the one thing the government didn't want to pay extra money for marking. That's that's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the amount of money it costs for the exams is a pittance compared to what the education costs yeah. are. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, regard like you know how math is like uh, math a tree with lots of branches. There's so yes. many fields. Yes. Mm -hmm. What branch do you think might just stop developing in the next hundred years? Oh, I, I I'm not a soothsayer. That's like a that's not, and I'm using the word soothsayer here because that means it's kind of a witchcraft almost. <laughs> but okay. but 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 I I, I um, so neither as a soothsayer or as a scientist would I would I be able to answer that question. But mm -hmm. things do evolve over time. What what areas of mathematics? The the biggest area is still differential equations in mathematics. Right. A single area. But um, there's but there's uh, uh, different areas becoming important as time time goes on computer science developments of computer science affect uh, the areas of math that are important for example mm -hmm. so yeah. discrete math is very important in the for the computer science direction um and um but but you'd, you'd be surprised what an, an area of math that uh at first was thought not to be important later on becomes important as developments occur so it's, mm -hmm. it's very hard to predict you know, which areas of math. More importantly, is that you, if you if you the skills you learn in doing math will often transfer over into other directions, or 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 in other words, even new areas of math or other other things. But you get mm -hmm. a, you have an open mind to going in different directions. You got a good broad based background in mathematics. Right. Do you think there's a difference, fundamental difference between applied mathematics and theoretical ma mathematics I've heard some people say they just merge together into one and they're probably hey, I, I, i'm a mixture i am personally a mixture of the two right that's great so so but uh but first of all you have to give it's hard to define so so sometimes uh so-called pure mathematician becomes a very uh, is the field becomes very important uh, for example and a very important area is, is cryptography mm -hmm. Uh, security codes, this sort of thing. Right. And that's an outgrowth of an area of mathematics which is very pure called number theory. Mm -hmm. And uh, and until we had these uh, security things, number theory was not considered that important. Okay. But now it's a very important area. Right. And because we have like tech, our society is evolving through technological development, we have. That's right. That's right. Robots. Um, different robots. Oh, yes. That's, so robots are connected with mechanics and whatnot. Mm. Right. So do you think we... Or you, you know, another thing is, I'll give you another example where mathematics has changed things is, is in Hollywood. In, yeah. in Hollywood, for, for, the, for all of the uh, um, uh, cartoons mm -hmm. or, or the uh, 
yes, all the all the uh, what's the, what do you name what do you give the, the names of movies that are cartoons? I don't mean cartoons, but full length movies which are animations. Animation. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, animation. So animation used to be done by people drawing and flipping flipping things, shall we say? You know, from one mm -hmm. drawing to the other. But now all the movies that they have water scenes of water moving. You know, it's to become as time went on the the graphics and the animation become much more realistic with time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because they've switched it. Now the, now the graphics is based on differential equations. They actually use differential equations and hire people who know differential equations to uh, model, to, 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 to design the, 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 uh, the animation. And, 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 and they like it for two reasons the uh, the produced directors or the, or the movie studios because it's cheaper mm -hmm. secondly more reliable they know what can be done in that particular period of time you see right it's a matter of solving the differential equations for example the main differential equations for flow for fluid flow are the what's called the navier stokes equations yeah. and it's, it's just solving that uh, and usually use a numerical uh, uh, solutions are used to to then Converted into animation. Mm -hmm. Right. So math really applies to the society. In fact, the head of the current of the computer science department at UBC was such a person working with the movies on animation. Using Canadian. Animation. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Canadian universities. It's really good. <laughs> the best minds in the world. Um, regarding how you said how we have differential equations producing wonderful animation images. So why do we need mathematicians right now? Will they be replaced by robots one day? The, 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 okay, the word robot, you don't mean the old Hollywood robot. Or someone. Yeah, like AI, <laughs> artificial intelligence. Machines. Okay, right. so, so you're really saying, will, will, a, will a software package replace a mathematician? That's your question, really. Right, right. Um, but someone's got to make the software package. <laughs> So That's the actual true. the actual situation is that because of how things have developed technologically, the mathematicians are much more used than before. Mm -hmm. The opportunities are much greater for, for mathematicians than before. Mm -hmm. So, I so mean, the, mathematicians are making the the pack the robotic packages come from mathematics. Okay. Right. What if a mathematician develops a robot and then a robot, robot? You're talking about the, 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 there. There is a lot of discussion about that. Robots making robots, right? right? And so, but still, you still got to go back. Like the there's always a beginning of the universe, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> Keep on going back. You see, so yeah. it, it's it still comes down to the fact that the uh, the it's unfortunately the other jobs become more irrelevant than the mathematician jobs. Mm -hmm. So. I would say humans are overall more creative than robots. The, 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 that is, something's got to drive the robot. That's right. You got, you got to, you got to go in, go into um, that. But it, it but again, it's, it, there are people talking about machine learning, as you say, machine learning, artificial intelligence, the big data science. Those are the big buzzwords these days. Machine learning, artificial intelligence, and data science. So many mathematicians are in this, in these directions. Machine learning, artificial intelligence, data science. Yes. So, um, big, big data science means big data using big data. Right. Even though we no one can uh, predict the future or any no one can, um, 
what I mean, it's a personal question over the next a thousand years, which what progress do you expect to happen in this mathematical industry? Like, do you think this might develop or that any changes that you think? Well, we, we, we are becoming more automated with time. Mm -hmm. And so, so and, and automation is often controlled by software. Right. So we're going to be more and more people are going to have to be in the in the thought in that in that kind of direction with time as it's happening um, where the jobs are. And um, but I, but 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 I, I wouldn't want to predict what what will happen. I, I can't predict what we can't predict what's going to happen in the future. But it, it does look like areas like data science, artificial intelligence, machine learning and machine learning is connected with what you are talking about. Uh, are going to become more and more important. The people in mathematics with a, with their kind of background are usually adaptable to, to change mm -hmm. or are readily adaptable to this kind of a change. Right. And do you think one day in the near future with when we just have too many robots operating, do you think it is somehow a dangerous situation? Oh, I, 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 very much so. In other words, the robots become so so intelligent, okay. yeah. uh, I use that word, uh, artificial intelligence, intelligence. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so that the human being looks small. The, the, the real problem is going to be that the number of people who understand the, the picture is going to be tinier and tinier. This mm -hmm. time, uh, tinier and tinier. Things are more specialized, shall we say. It makes it very, so it makes us all feel very uncomfortable, right? That we can't understand things. It takes, we have to take these things for granted. And that's part mm -hmm. of the problem. A lot of the anxiety in the world is based on that these days. In fact, the fact right. that we don't feel in control of the situation, we depend on experts and, then, and therefore we don't like being dependent on experts. So that's now, that's not, therefore we will disparage experts. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of disparagement of experts going on in, in the political arena these days. Right. So as um, a last question to end off, um, do you have one or two particular books that you recommend uh, for high school students or listeners around the world to look into, like for fun, you know, math books? Oh, okay, math books. Fun, or do you want? There's a, um, there's a, there's a there's a a book for high school students to read about what an exciting book to read about a mathematician is is a book by Leopold Infeld. Mm -hmm. I think it's called Whom the Gods Love. Okay. And it's about a, a, a mathematician, a French mathematician, Everest Yalwa. Have you heard of him? No, I would love to look into that. Yeah, so he, he um, uh, Everest Yalwa developed a, uh, a mathematical framework which proved certain things. It proved that you could not trisect an angle by ruler and compass, for example. Mm -hmm. or, or you could not give a formula for an, an, uh, an, a polynomial equation of degree greater than five. Mm -hmm. no, no such formula would work for all polynomials, mm -hmm. a, an exact solution. Uh, they were all spin-offs from, from the, the work that Evarice Gawa did. And he did this work when he was 20 or 21 years old, approximately. Yeah. And and uh, he he had, he had sent his work in to the leading French mathematicians of the day, Lagrange and Laplace and people like that, and they ignored it. 
anyhow, he, he was infatuated with a young lady. And someone else was infatuated with the same young lady. Oh. And they, and they had a duel. And oh, he wow. Didn't, and he didn't survive it. Wow. So anyhow, it's an interesting story to read about this uh, Everest Galwam. It's, it's, it's written for really at the level of high school students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the same Leopold Enfeld who wrote this book, he worked with Einstein and wrote a book, by the way, in physics together with Albert Einstein for 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 the for the, for the, for the public. That's crazy. Wow. The bestseller for many years back in the 1930s. But anyhow, he also wrote another book about about what it is like to be a, a mathematician. It was an it was an autobiography that he wrote. Okay. And um, and he. He wrote this at a relatively young age, but but it's the best book I've seen. The, the Galwa book has got some fiction in it, a little bit of fiction. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. This book book is about if you want to learn about what it's like to be a a, a mathematician or a physicist. Uh, yeah. he, he was a mathematical physicist. He actually ended, he ended up in Canada. He was in Toronto, University of Toronto, for a number of years as a professor. Anyhow, uh, this but he's from but he's originally from from Poland, mm -hmm. and. Um, and then he was working with Einstein. He worked. He was Einstein's mathematical assistant, shall we say? Wow. But anyhow, uh, he wrote these two very good books, which I recommend to students. One about what is it like being a, a, a mathematician? Yes. Not mm -hmm. autobiographical. And the other one is about Everest Galois. Mm -hmm. It's great. These books are reading is always good. Mm -hmm. But thank you so much for answering my questions. Very welcome. Mm -hmm.